0: Thank you, Mark. If I pray again, it's just to get myself to stop (laughs) trembling. So I will add, if you don't mind. Lord, I do thank you for this time. And my prayer is that this exhortation that I want to share today would encourage at least one person here today. that, That your word would reach deep into our hearts and bring about the transformation that you wish. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for allowing me to speak to you today. It's an honor. Thank you for the worship. Appreciate it, really. This is an incredible passage. And in fact, it's so incredible. To be frank with you, I kind of have avoided (laughs) speaking about it like this is too holy, you know, to say, I want to know Christ. And make him known is what we've heard people say. And I just think, wow, am I there? You know, is that all I think about? You know, and so I often feel myself falling short and not wanting to delve into something that just seems so, you know, amazing, right? So close to God. But there are certainly portions of this chapter that I felt God wanted to say to encourage us. What if he wrote, what if Paul wrote a letter to the church at St. Paul? I'll tell you, you know, I think he would say to us today, press on. I think he would say that. And, you know, sometimes we use that word, press on, as if we're saying, press on, you know, it's New Year, Happy New Year, or the beginning of a new season, or we use it like, how are you? It's a cliche almost. But when I began to look into it, I discovered this is a power packed word or expression. There's a lot behind it, and a lot we need to pay attention to. But first, let's talk about how Paul felt about the Philippians, as Mark said his beloved church. There are those who say Philippi was his favorite church. So let's hear what Paul said in his own words. I'll just quote a few parts of um Philippians, that he, where he describes how he feels about this church. Right on, he says in the beginning in chapter 1, they're my partners in the gospel. From the beginning until today, he says. To be a partner with Paul, what an honor. Because you remember, he went into Macedonia from Troas, and God guided him there, and he, he met Lydia, and you remember the beginning in Acts 16, how the church was born they have been with Paul from the beginning. Then he says in chapter 4, when I set out from Macedonia, you were the only church that supported me. Wow. You know, he said, nobody except you. Philippi, Philippians. Wow, another honor. He also said that they were his joy and crowned in chapter 4. You can't get any better than that, can you? This is how he regarded them. And he said in chapter 1 that with the affection of Christ, he longed for them. He really cared about them. So this is who we're talking about, the Philippians. A very positive relationship. But at the same time, he was very protective of them, right? Remember, Mark just read, watch out for those dogs, those evil mutilators of the flesh. In other words, those who wanted to see everybody, all the males, um, circumcised and everybody obeying the law. He said, watch out for them. And some of them may have even infiltrated. It's possible. We, we see towards the end of that section, Mark read. Also, in addition to protecting them, he wanted to be an example for them. He told them more than once in this letter, do everything that I'm doing, that you've heard from me, that you've seen, you've observed, you've watched me. Now you do it. So he wanted to train them up in the way they should go, you might say, like a parent. And that is a lovely connection that he had with them. So I kind of was looking through this idea of pressing on in chapters, uh, chapter, verses 12 through 14. And tucked in the middle of that in verse 13 is this little phrase that really caught my attention. One thing I do. Now, when somebody says to you, there's just one thing I want you to remember, you listen up, don't you? I mean, that is important. But of course, for Paul, who loves words, one thing becomes more than one. He has three words right away following, okay? And those are the three points I want to cover today. And I hope they'll be easy to remember, okay? Forgetting, look at verse 13, forgetting what is behind, straining, Towards what is ahead, and I'll make a verb out of it, and pressing on, a gerund or whatever, pressing on to the high calling of Christ and getting to the goal or the finish line. He uses athletic imagery here, to the finish line, which is that heavenly call. So those three points I want to cover, and I hope you can remember, and maybe they'll encourage you. So what does he mean by forgetting what is behind? He does not mean erasing the past out of his mind. He's not saying he can't remember. Oh, who was I before I became a Christian? You know, he's not saying that. What I believe he is saying is he's no longer relying on those human credentials, as some, vers- uh, some translations put it. He's no longer saying, that is what gets me into the kingdom. Because before he was a Christian, the law was, you know, the law of Moses was his entrance, he felt. His way of approaching God. Until something very important happened, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. So therefore, when he says forgetting what is behind, he's not relying on it. He's relying on the Spirit of God to bring him into the kingdom. Okay, we know that. He also says that all that was important to him is now garbage, rubbish, like Isaiah says, filthy rags. It doesn't matter to him the way it used to, because before, In Galatians chapter 1, we read that he was advancing more than other young men his age in following his fathers and the tradition of his fathers. Will you excuse me a minute? I have to have some water. I'm sorry, that may happen again. Just warning you. (laughs) My husband, is well, really knows i doing this. I'm still doing it. Robin. Um, okay. <laughs> At any rate, he said, none of that means anything to me anymore. Now, he had a lot to lay down. You saw the credentials that Mark read. I mean, he was a Jew, a supreme one, for sure. He had all the credentials. He said, you want to match me up with somebody that says, He's a Jew, and that you need to follow the law, just bring him on, okay? He could surpass anyone, just about, maybe except the high priest, of course. So he was willing to lay that all aside. This is what he means by forgetting the past, okay? And then he says his next point straining or reaching for what's ahead. Straining for what's ahead. Now, I have a good picture, I think, of what I see when I think about this. There was a um, Summer Olympics that took place in 2016 in Rio de Janeiro, and the women's 400-meter track was being run, and there was an American woman named Allison Felix, the most decorated woman in track, apparently, and At the time, she was 30 years old, and she already had four gold medals and was going for the fifth. And that's what she was heading for. And the people, of course, from America and maybe others, really wanted her to win. And, of course, there were others running. But one in particular was a young lady by the name of Shawnee Miller. And she was from the Bahamas. She also won the gold medal. She was 22 years old. was ready to just give it her all, as they all were. Well, when the race started, Shawnee Miller was leading, running like crazy. But towards the end of the race, Allison Felix got a spurt of energy and she caught up to Shawnee Miller. So there they were, neck and neck, approaching that goal or the finish line. And what happened next, Shawnee Miller said she did not even think about it. She got to the, close to the finish line as they both approached it, and Shawnee Miller dove over the line, and then rolled over on her back exhausted, and laid there thinking, oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. How did I get here? Well, guess what? Point Seven seconds separated. Shawnee Miller from Allison Felix. Shawnee Miller got the gold. And Shaw- um, Allison Felix got a silver medal. Why? It seems that there's a rule that it's your torso, the top part of your body, has to go over the line and that person wins. And that's what happened. She said, I don't even remember diving. I don't remember thinking anything. I just. Reached out, stretched forth, and won. So, that picture, if you can imagine that, we are straining, we're going forth in our walk, in our run, you might say, with the Lord. Okay? Now, we're not all going top speed all the time, let's be honest. You know, we're not all at that level of intensity, and I don't think we can be. So this is me speaking now. I mean, even Jesus rested, you know, and refreshed himself. We need to do that. We need to go to Canada or the U.S. sometimes or other places once in a while. We know that. The point, I think, that is so crucial is what direction are we going in? When we forget what is behind, we're not supposed to look back, right? We put our hand to the plow. We're supposed to go forward. Even if it's one foot in front of the other, keep going. Keep straining, keep reaching, keep going. And that is what is important. And I want to read you a scripture here from Philippians chapter 1, verses 27 and 28. Stand firm in one spirit, striving together for the faith of the gospel, Without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. We've already talked about the opposition that came from the Judaizers. You can read about it in Acts 15, for example, when they had the big council, the big meeting about what to do about this, because the Judaizers said, You have to obey the law of Moses. You're required in order to be a Christian, in addition to your faith. Mind you, this is a huge topic, a huge area of dissension. Paul said, no, you do not need to follow the law. He wasn't against people who follow the law. He wanted to win them to Christ. But he did not require people to follow it in the way these Judah yeah, just did. Excuse me again. So keep that in mind that your opponents, sorry, your opponents should not scare you, should not keep you from running the race. Just remember that. Now, the third point is the title of this message, pressing on or press on. Paul knew that he was not perfect. Now, that may not seem like a big deal to you, but there are people, there were Corinthians, in fact, mentioned in chapter four that Paul said, you think you're already kings. You think you have everything you need. Paul was clear. I am not perfect. Follow my example. Keep going. Keep pressing on. He even said to them, love more and more. You love now, but love more. Keep adding. Keep going. Keep stretching forth. You don't have to necessarily dive the way Shawnee Miller did, but you must keep heading in the direction of the goal, the finish line, the high calling of Christ. So, this is what he said. But interestingly, now, did it ever occur to you where did Paul get this motivation? Why is he willing to put everything aside? Why is he willing to go forth and to stretch forth like he does? Because the word press on has a strong meaning. It's pursue. Strive after Go for it. Why does he do that? Well, he tells us. We don't have to wonder. He tells us in verse 12. He says, Not that I've already obtained all this, or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me now we all know when christ took hold of paul don't we acts 9 the damascus road paul fell to his knees when he met jesus he was on his way to persecute the followers of the way in the synagogues in damascus he was on his way he had gotten permission from the high priest to take them as prisoners to jerusalem He wasn't fooling around. He was going to take those people and turn them in and betray them totally. That's all he cared about. They're they're not following the law. They're following this man, Jesus, and they need to become prisoners. Well, guess what? Jesus got a hold of Paul. He snatched him out of that life, didn't he? Right there on that road. And Paul fell to the ground. And Jesus said, now, get up and do what you must do, what I will tell you to do. He said that three times in the book of Acts when he recounted that experience in Acts 9, 22, and 26. And you can read it yourself. Three times he says the same thing. Jesus got me there on the ground, and then he said, get up and do what I tell you to do. And you know what? Paul never looked back. He never looked back, his entire life, as far as I can tell, is completely centered around that moment. That time that Christ took him out of the miry clay, right? Transferred him from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light right there. He never looked back. And he said, I want to take hold of that very thing that Christ took hold of me. That's what motivated my belief. That's the most amazing thing, that he would feel like that. Now, the interesting thing about this word, press on, it can also mean persecute. So when you look at verse 6 in this chapter that Mark read, chapter 3, it says, I persecuted the church. That is the same word as press on. So if you want to think about it this way, before Paul was saved, a believer, he pressed the church or persecuted the church. When he became a believer, he pursued or pressed on into knowing Christ. A complete switch and also a word play, you might say, a bit. But the point is, he was sold out, wasn't he? Now let's just talk for a minute about you and me. Maybe it's occurred to you. Wow, forgetting what's behind. You know, the picture I have, you ever think about um, when you hear people coming through the streets here, pulling a suitcase with wheels, you know, and it rumbles and makes a lot of noise. And we've done this on trips and we've had to do a lot of pulling of suitcases and making a lot of noise. I think to myself, oh man, shouldn't I have packed a little lighter? You know? (laughs) Um, we have a lot we drag in our lives behind us, don't we? We have a lot we could stand to forget. I do. I can't believe it when something from my childhood pops up. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, what a trigger. I just reacted to that thing. Where did that come from? Well, let's get rid of it. You know, have a chat with the Lord or maybe a friend to pray, whatever it is. But the point is, what do you and i have to forget so please take that home with you maybe a takeaway think about it is there something you need to drop out of your suitcase or out of your life just leave it there it's not you you don't forget it you don't need it if god he wants to resurrect it he'll tell you he'll tell you i'm going to take one more drink of water if you don't mind <laughs> Second point, straining, reaching for what's ahead. Personally, I see this as a bit of a testing ground. Are you going to keep going? Or are you going to get weary and well-doing? Drop out. Galatians 5 says, who cut in on you? You were running a good race. What happened? Who hindered you and kept you from obeying the truth? Don't let anyone cut in on you. It doesn't matter the speed. It's the direction, in my opinion, that's important. So that's really um, an urgency. You must continue on. And then sometimes opponents stop you. They can be from within or without. They can be yourself. Your doubts, whatever it is, just keep going. And if you need someone to talk to you about it or pray with somebody, do so. But that's the point. You know, um, you've heard me say this before, but it illustrates what I want to say. We have a friend who used to live in Izmir and had a beautiful old Greek house. And she had women staying with her that she mentored. And she called it the House of Hagar. Well, one day, one of the girls said to her, You know, I've been serving the Lord five years, and he still hasn't answered my prayer for a husband. So I'm dropping it. I've given it a try. Me and God, we had a good thing going for five years, but he doesn't seem to want to do it, and I still want a husband, so I'm going to look elsewhere. Well, thankfully, my friend told me eight years later, she came back to the faith, and that's a wonderful thing. But the point is, people do drop out. They get so tired. They're like, I'll never make it, you know? So it becomes kind of a testing ground, I think. And we need to keep going. Now, the third point, pressing on to there's a high calling in Christ for each of us. And sometimes we, like Paul, need to think about when was it Jesus took hold of me or you? We have to go back to that point sometimes and say to ourselves, What did Jesus speak to me when I became a Christian? How did I feel? How did I behave? God, help me to remember. Help me to maybe even feel what it was like. Because I want to be motivated, not by my own strength, but I want to be filled with your spirit of um, encouragement. I don't want to be luke. I want that first love. I want to feel that presence of God that I felt when you took me out of the old way. I mean, I can remember myself standing or sitting or whatever it was. I can remember moments, and those need to be recalled from time to time especially. And we need to ask God to let them fire us up. Love more and more, you know? Be encouraged more and more. We're not supposed to just stay the same model. So I want to encourage you today. I want to take a few minutes to pray for you and to pray for a couple of things, and then um end. <laughs> so let's just take a few minutes here and pray and remember these points. Forgetting what's behind, straining for what's ahead, and pressing on to the finish line where the high calling of Christ is. Father, I want to pray today for those who might be going through a place where they need to forget a few things, but they're holding on, Lord. It's baggage. It's baggage. And I thought of that word over and over again the last days. Baggage needs to be left behind many times. Yeah, we've worked hard and we want to rely on it, but that's not the way it works. We need to rely on you to call us up, to elevate us. We need to humble ourselves, as chapter 2 of Philippians says, before the mighty hand of God, and then you lift us up. Help us to rely on our heavenly credentials with you, which we all have. Help us not to grow weary as we strain to to follow you and to go ahead. Help us not to drop out of the race, Lord. Help us to trust that you will bring the answer in due time. Help us to press on. Help us to be motivated and to be encouraged because you took us out of the darkness. And you brought us into the light when we know you as our Lord and Savior. And if there's anyone here today who hasn't yet made that decision, we pray for that person. We pray you do that because it makes all the difference. Help us as we run this race. As Hebrews 12:1 says, we got to get rid of everything that hinders us and run with perseverance the race set before us. Help us to do that We love you, we praise you, and we thank you for that in Jesus' name. And Lord, we want to pray for a few things today, Lord.